Oh, ha, ha. I like chicken. Oh, ha, ha. Hello, welcome to another edition of Films on Trial, colon, lockdown. This week, Extraction. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like Extraction, we don't have a tagline, uh, so I'm going to make one up. Uh, just like Extraction, we're going to tug your ears off until completion. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Seriously, seriously, though, if you've never heard the show before, then hold on to your gardening tools, because we're about to drive some entertainment through your sockets. Essentially, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's also a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans to keep you entertained, including a caption contest, a quiz, some average impressions, some awful xylophone playing, uh, some sound effects, and a whole lot of banter. So do stick around. Now, this week's film on trial is the 2020 action film, Extraction. Is it Chris Hemsworth or is it Chris Hemsworthless? It's oh. <laughs> mm. a stretch that one, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, said, is it like pulling teeth or is it like... I can't think of another good extra. But, you know, that would have been much better. That would have been much better. Right, thanks for embarrassing me. Thank you very no much. Anyway, hopefully we're going to find out if it's decent or if it's not. Uh, just to say this will be a very spoiler episode so if you haven't seen Extraction yet check it out it's free on Netflix if you have Netflix that is or at least if you uh, have a profile on somebody else's account that owns Netflix at least anyway you can listen to this episode after you've watched the film or you can just trust our judgments alternatively you can fast forward to our quiz this week brought to us by Joel which will start around the 40 minute mark I reckon uh, now, before we go on, our last film on trial was The Rock. Oh, so you fucked me big time. <laughs> you have fucked me big time. One job, one job to, to play one sound effect. Right. Uh, I'm, we're just going to skim past Ozzy's mistake here, right? I'm just going to move swiftly on. Uh, but it would have been it great. It would have been great fans. It would have been fantastic. It would have been fantastic. Ozzy, I'm trying to signal you as well, and you ain't even paying attention. Well, if you can't even pay attention and you're in the episode, how do you expect us <laughs> to pay attention? Yeah, I want you to go and sit in the corner and think about what you've done. Anyway, uh, Joel, you judged our trial of The Rock, and you deemed that it should be placed on the hit list. Uh, now, you've since gone away and you've watched the film. What do you reckon? Do you think you made the right call or not? Uh, yeah, definitely. As I said in the episode, I hadn't seen it in about, you know, kind of 15 years, maybe, maybe even more. And um, I just had fun watching it. It is kind of laughable in bits now, in places that aren't meant to be laughable. Um, mm-hmm. But it is, it, you know, it's just kind of nostalgic fun, I suppose. And uh, certainly for for people of our generation, I think it would be a good laugh. I'm not sure if you just kind of came in blind like Ozzy and watched it, you'd have as much fun. But I think it's on the right list. Well, thank you very much for that, Joel. Um, okay, so before we... Uh, well, now we're on to the bulk of the show. I was going to say before we go on, we're here. We're here. We are balls deep in the bulk of the show. Uh, this week's... How many uh, penis or masturbation jokes do you want to put in say, in the first five minutes? We, we don't have any listeners now, do we? <laughs> do you remember when we started these lockdown proceedings and we said, you know what we'll try and do for this is tone down the language? Yeah. <laughs> I know. So we're being balls deep in the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> the necessary way to say it. It's time to get started. <laughs> I was being 
being entirely wholesome. I was talking about a ball pit <laughs> at a children's activity centre. I was oh, talking God, about being balls on. deep as like jumping into a ball pit. Yeah. Yeah. Right, you're yeah, all disgusting. Um, anyway, this week's film on trial, as I mentioned before, is Extraction. I, I, mean, I don't know well this is going to go. Um, hang on. Probably one of the best ones you've done. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Uh, I'm not getting it. Oh, you no. all you all know what it is. We <laughs> all know because just before this episode went to record, I said I haven't got a song to play on the Zara phone. And Joel said, play Take Me Out by Franz Ferdinand. Now, I haven't looked at the music, I've just tried to play it, and you've all pretended that you don't know what it is. This, uh, oh, I'm gonna leave. I it's swear. not so I, much that I, we didn't know what you were meant to play. We just weren't sure what you were actually playing. <laughs> playing, I didn't, I didn't know if we were sticking to it or not. Or she just started to improvise. <laughs> so you're already in my bad books. Anyway, oh, moving swiftly on, all of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So in defence and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be Joel and me. Now, first up, I'm going to apologise in advance for any uh, the mispronunciation of names here. Um, so if uh, uh, get it massively wrong, I... I do apologize. I'm obviously not trying to offend anybody. If you can let me know how to pronounce it properly in uh, the comments section on Twitter afterwards, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, but anyway, first up, Joel is a bit like Gold Shifty Farhani's Nick. He sits on his ass and does fuck all for the majority of an episode, but makes one hilarious comment at the end and everybody <laughs> thinks he's great. Well, not me, pal. Not me. <laughs> and I'm just like Randy Pooja's Saju. You start at the episode thinking, I'm all right. But then the majority of the episode, you think that I'm a bit of an arsehole. Only to warm at me. <laughs> warm. Warm at you. <laughs> to warm to me, me warm. again at the very end. I was going to say warm me. Warm me up. <laughs> anyway. And acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be Ozzy and Dave. Ozzy is a bit like Priyanshu Payanuli's Amir. He dresses like a drug lord. He spends like a drug lord. Who are we kidding? <laughs> he probably is a drug lord. Luckily, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got that many listeners. <laughs> uh, Dave is just like David Harbour's Gaspar. He pretends that he's level-headed and weary, but when push comes to shove, we all know that he'd drive a table leg through any one of us. <laughs> <laughs> now, just like real court advocates who'll be making the best case for our roles, these may or may not be our genuine opinions, though, so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear our real thoughts. Which means this week, Alex will be playing the most important role in the proceedings, as he'll be playing the judge. Alex is a little bit like, wait for it, Chris Hemsworth, Tyler Rake. Yeah. 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 He spends his days looking after children whilst the world is going to shit around him. Oh. Yeah, that's quite a nice one. That is, Thanks, that's a nice one. Yeah. That is a nice feel one. I'm really fucking guilty for those comments you made about me before. <laughs> that is the nicest one. I thought it was only a nice done. one because he's trying to. Uh, He's trying to do his <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, wait a minute. And it absolutely worked as well. It really did work. It's made me think. I mean, I'd say it's the nicest one you've ever done, but if you if you look at all the other ones you've ever done, they're they're horrendous. So do you know what I mean? It's like, it's very, it's very, 
it's it's a very small praise. Um, I want you to I want you to think back to those while you listen to Gav's arguments. By the <laughs> yes, way, no, no, I always think about them, Dave. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I want to also. I've got them written above the wall right in front of me now in like, <laughs> black pen. It won't, it won't take too much space. Just like giant bold capitals. But, but, yeah, no. <laughs> Hundreds of balls all over the wall. <laughs> I was also going to say that you're just like uh, Tyler Rake in that even your best friends want to beat you to a pulp. <laughs> wow. But it didn't. I didn't. Wow. Well, you that. did. You did. So. <laughs> anyway, Alex must decide which list the film should be placed on hit or shit based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. Uh, so without further hesitation, uh, I was just going to say, would you like to kick off proceedings? But I think we should probably give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what the film is all about and spin the wheel of impressions so here we read off the synopsis in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film this week it's landed on ozzy uh, how would we like ozzy to read out the synopsis i think there's only one option in there and that's just australian unless we want to try and be um indian and come off racist <laughs> Is there any way you can do an Indian accent and not be racist, Ozzy? <laughs> yeah. Unless I speak it in my fluent Punjabi. Hemsworth it is. Tyler Reich, a fearless black market mercenary. <laughs> Jason Statham slipping in there. on the most deadly extraction of his career. Awful, don't you? When he's enlisted to rescue the kidnapped son of an imprisoned international crime lord, he's shrimp on the bobbies. <laughs> you sound like that guy from Wade's World 2. He's like, oh, that's the second I started, I thought I can't remember what Australian, what Australian sound like. Sound like. <laughs> Apologies, and, so, uh, and I've only Australian just finished bumping. watching the film. <laughs> Literally just right, finished okay. watching it. Alex, <laughs> um, uh, could you please kick off proceedings? Thank you. Yeah, uh, so I don't know anything about this film. I had a quick look at the trailer on Netflix and it did pique my interest. So I'm going to go uh, straight over to the defence, if that's okay. And I'm going to ask uh, Joel, can you tell me uh, just a little bit, maybe just a little bit about the film, the setup of the film? Um, yeah, so I would kind of put this film in, you know, similar category as something like John Wick. You know, it's um, it's very action heavy and to kind of focus on the story. Not that it's, you know, uh, not a decent story, but to focus too much on the story wouldn't be doing it justice. Nobody comes out of the cinema, you know, going to see John Wick and goes, oh, do you remember that fight in the tombs? Yeah, well, yeah, but you know, what about that boss story in the background? You know, <laughs> <laughs> thinking about the actions, but the story overall, it's um, you know, the, I wouldn't really say it's it's anything new. Basically, uh, Chris Hemsworth character Tyler, uh, he's kind of like you know a man with nothing to lose. Essentially, his his kid, um, we find out has has died, like kind of you know off screen type of thing, and. He's uh, basically basically a mercenary now. Um, he's kind of not really asked whether he lives or dies. Um, and then he gets a job. Well, he takes a job to um, extract the this uh, drug lord's kidnapped son. And um, basically, it goes to shit. You know, everybody wants this kid because of the the reward money. It's ten million, I think it is. And um, you know, he's basically got the entire uh army after him at one stage essentially all his team gets killed off within the first kind of you know 10 15 minutes so it's basically him 
against everybody trying to keep this kid alive. And then even when his kind of extraction team says, you know, just leave the kids, he kind of gets a little bit attached to the kid and says, well, no, I'm going to, you know, get this kid home, even if it, you know, kind of ends up costing me my life. Uh, and that's kind of the story in a nutshell, really. It is very simple and it's very kind of, uh, you know, compared to story heavy films, you might consider it a little bit thin in places, but it does exactly as it's meant to do, you know, similar to John Wick. It, it, it speeds it along to the next you know, fight scene and the fight scenes in this, as I'm sure we'll go into later, are absolutely brilliant. And uh, it, it's just one of those films where you can just quite easily switch off and just enjoy it. And, you know, it, as I say, it, it's great at doing that because it doesn't overcomplicate anything at all. Awesome. So, I mean, prosecution, it sounds like it's a simple, but it sounds like a good setup, quite an interesting one, you know, uh, a bit of a classic. No, no harm in that, especially for like an action heavy film. You know, I mean, what what's wrong with that, Aussie? I think the biggest the biggest difference between this and say John Wick is that you actually, you know, the John Wick storyline, the John Wick franchise, you know, it's it's three movies, you know, three movies deep now, and it's mm. um, I think the story of that is great. You actually care about him, you know, you wanna you, you want you really want to know what's gonna go down with him, you know, from the very first. If you think about this, is you know maybe the equivalent to John Wick one. What an incredible film that is, who you really do care about Keanu's character. You know, like John Wick is fantastic, and, and you want to know what's going to happen about the dog. In this, I just got to know, there is just fuck all to do with it. You know, Chris Hemsworth is usually great. You know, he's been, he's um, he, he, he's quite charismatic throughout all of the Marvel films, you know, maybe not Thor 1, but after that, you know, you can really get into him. And I've, um, but with this, he's just like, it's like almost it's a bit like a, the Liam Neeson sort of characters that you you see so often. Um just a bit of a washed up fake action style. You know, it's just a bit naff, to be honest with you. It was uh, it's just a bit rubbish. Okay, so so the story doesn't really like even the story that there is just doesn't really capture you particularly. I feel like it tried to to take on a, a much bigger uh, like the, the story is kind of irrelevant. The story is is basic, which is fine in an action film. You know, so many of them are basically this. Here's this premise: go in, get the boy, get back out. That's fine. Uh, if they, if it was just that, I'd be alright with it. But it's just, it, it's just not even. It's just not enticing whatsoever. And there's so many other things going on that just take you out of that. They try to do so much dialogue with, to try and you know prop up the emotional aspects of the story, and it just breaks it. It's it's not a it could be a great actioner, you know, it's it's full on action stars, you know, it's directed by a stuntman. Who else is gonna get you the best out of a out of an action film? And then uh, but yeah, but then it, it, you know, he's it, it's been trying, I don't know whether it's the whether it's the stuntman had written it or or Russo has written it, but someone has then tried to bring in all this emotional aspects and it just gets a little bit over the top and just not it doesn't really tug at any heartstrings. Okay. And, that, and that, I think that's that you know, it's lacking. Okay, cool. Gav? I think it tugs big. It tugs on those heartstrings, that is. And, like, Dave, just shaking your head. I'm just talking about heartfelt sentiment here, right? <laughs> I'll agree that the story isn't anything new. It, you know, it's a hero who's under siege, and then they have to battle through a, an area or a city, whatever, to rescue a victim and then get to freedom. You know, it's essentially Escape from New York or uh, it, John Wick Chapter 3. It's a, it's a story that's been told time and time again, but it's how 
it's told, which makes it new, unique. And it's of, it's also the performances in it as well. Obviously, since Chris Hemsworth is usually charismatic, he's charismatic in this as well, but, you know, obviously not to the same extent. And the thing is, is that he's shown his versatility as an actor. You know, he doesn't have to be Thor in everything. You know, Alex, you'll probably agree with Sean Connery. You know, like you, you, you've got an actor who does uh, one role fantastically well. And you know, that doesn't mean that he is that one role in everything else that he plays. You know, he's, he's he obviously... That's cheap. That is cheap. You <laughs> Sorry, Joel, but your team loses a point. <laughs> he's, he's not always playing a Scottish spy. He can play a Scottish Spanish man or a Scottish. He can play a Russian. Scottish cop as an Irish cop. You know, which is it's a very nuanced performance of an Irish cop to play it Scottish. No one saw that coming. But the, th- the thing is, is that like as Joel said before, you don't watch these films for you know the compelling story. You watch an action film for the action, and the action in this film is very well done. You know, it, as as Joel mentioned again before, it's by a former um, stunt coordinator, and you can tell. You know, the the work that's gone into this film is superb. Okay, cool. Right, we'll come to the action in a bit, but just first, Dave, anything you'd like to add on to the story? Like, you know, what what did you think of it? The story Basic was plot to it. The story was very poor, to be honest with you. There wasn't much of a plot. I mean, you've heard from everybody there that Joel said it was simple. He's quite right. I agree with a lot of what Joel said. Um, it's very simplistic. And like Gav compared it to Escape from New York. We've compared it to John Wick. We've compared it to all these different films. The problem with the story is that it's very cliched. Now, Joe Russo, this was originally based on a comic book, um, I believe, or a graphic novel, I should say, that Joe Russo had a hand in developing and writing. Now, they decided to adapt it into a film, and he hired um, is it Sam Anderson, the director am i right on that one sam hargrave sam hargrave thank you sam hargrave who was a stunt coordinator on the mcu films so obviously he's worked with joe russo and with anthony russo before so that's why this is his directorial debut it was quite clear what kind of uh, direction they wanted to take this film in they weren't looking for an experienced director they just wanted a guy who could do a good fight scene and that's all you've got here. That's all you've just got a couple of good action set pieces. The story is riddled with cliches. Like, I honestly would have expected better than of Joe Russo than this. It's let's say say this this guy, Tyler Rake. It may as well be Jackson Storm or some other like, you know, bombastic name. And it's it he's yeah, oh yeah, he's had, he's had a kid that passed away, so now he connects with another kid on a mission. It's very man on fire. It's very it's something we've seen many a time before. And you know, it's all so cliched throughout. You know, he goes to turn to another burnt out mercenary who's still stationed in this place, you know, and a, Oh, guess what? He betrays him, which you know, he's going to do from the moment you see David Harbour walk on screen, you know, he's going to betray him. How it takes Chris Hemsworth another 15 minutes to work it out is, uh, is anyone's guess. I it's think riddled. I watching the trailer, to be honest. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think the trailer's very poor. And I think in the trailer, <laughs> David Harbour says, go upstairs and shoot the kids in the head. Well, I, I, I didn't even see the trailer and i and i guess that much the story yeah. is poor i honestly would have thought joe russo knows how to write a film you know he's a good screenwriter i would have expected so much better from him especially when he's adapting his own work he can't even say he got lost in translation he had a hand in the graphic novel he did the screenplay this is on him for what it's worth i think sam hargrave even though this is his first time as a director did a decent job i hope sam hargrave gets to direct more films going forward this isn't bad, but he's got nothing to work with. And because of that, Chris Hemsworth has nothing to work with. He does a good, he's a good action star and he makes a, a good go of this. You know, he's very charismatic. He's great fun to watch, 
But what you're lacking from the John Wick films and from other films, other contemporaries that this is borrowed from, is that humor. It's that snappy script. It's it's the style. You know, there's a certain je ne sais quoi about those films that only comes from good dialogue and compelling characters, none of which we have here. This is just, uh, it's essentially a music video. I love it. And I love, I, I, what a flourish, and I love a little bit of French as well, you little saucy little dog. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, I'd like to say that Dave's argument there was complete mad. Yeah, so, you know, while... I will just kind of hop back to to what I said kind of previously. Really, the story I, I disagree is not, it's not terrible. I just think there's a difference between you know having a, a plot heavy film and this, which is where the story just serves as basically a device to move the characters along uh, to kick the next piece of ass. But you know, I'm I'm going to talk about the action, which is what this film is all yeah, yeah. about essentially, and it's brilliant. You know, it, it's different from John Wick because John Wick there's a lot of finesse and um, you know, a lot of the time you're kind of watching him do all this intense kind of close quarter gunplay and that type of thing. This is definitely a little bit more uh, gritty. You know, there's a lot of kind of hand-to-hand combat. Uh, for example, one of the fight scenes at the start, you know, he, he hits somebody with a garden rake. He snaps the rake off and then he like pushes somebody's head like, you know, onto the rake, basically. Um, you know, there's a lot of kind of scenes like that where it's just really, really great action. And we sort of go like, oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, as you do in John Wick when he like blows somebody's face off. And the, <laughs> the rest of the action, it's not really, again, you know, going back to John Wick, it's not really kind of close quarter stuff. He's using like grenade launchers, assault rifles, you know, all the stunts are really big time. There's a lot of explosions. Um, and I think essentially it's just really pulsating stuff. You know, I was actually gripped watching this. And I think you do kind of, by the end of it, really, uh, you know, care about what happens to the characters. I'm not saying, you know, it's like the most emotionally deep film in the world, but certainly from an action point of view, this film does exactly what you want it to do and more. And I think as well, Chris Hemsworth is just brilliant in it, and I'd I'd like to see him do do more like this. I, I have to say, like like no other episode we've done when I've been a judge, I am literally going back and forth on this one. I'm like, listening to the prosecution being like, yeah, yeah, that sounds terrible. And I listen to defense and just being like, no, no, that sounds brilliant. Like, I'm, honestly, I'm up and down on this one. Um, Dave, swing me the other way. <laughs> well, I'm, to say, I'm, pleased, I'm pleased Joel brought up that fight scene. It takes place in like a third or fourth floor apartment. With, with just a balcony, there's no garden, there's no need for there to be a rake indoors. Who keeps a rake indoors anyway? And, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it's, on this <laughs> no, I'm just saying, it's daft. It, it, it serves to show you that the action is just shoehorned in for action's sake. Basically, someone was sat there writing this, Joe Russo was sat there writing this film like, wouldn't it be cool if you saw a guy get his face smashed into a rake? Particularly because like, his rake. Yeah, and he just he's just shoehorned it in there. You know, he's just made it happen. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense for the... He could have had a rake at another scene. He just decided to do it then out of laziness. You know, this was... And this is all it was. It's just shoehorning in action. It's like, I want to see a guy get a table kicked into his face. I want to see all this violent, really... And some of it is quite visceral. I want to see all this really violent stuff happen to these people. And it's like, I'm going to make it happen come what may. And that's why you get lost in the action. Because I know Joel's like, oh, I can't believe you're nitpicking on this. But honestly, I was honestly sat there thinking, why? what's the rake doing indoors? 
That doesn't make sense. Someone's shoehorned that in. Bullshit. Someone shoehorned that in. And another thing they shoehorned in, if I could just mention, massive spoiler yeah, yeah. coming up here. At the end, they have this big shootout on a bridge, and you know, you got helicopters being shot down, all this mad shit going on. Uh, and he's fighting off all these uh, corrupt police officers and corrupt army that are beholden to this Bangladeshi drug lord who kidnapped the kid in the first place. Earlier in the film, you see this drug lord uh, basically literally throwing kids off a roof. Uh, I think one of them stole from him or something like that. So he's just one by one launching these kids to their deaths uh, until one of them steps forward and like tries to save the others. And he, he says, Oh, cut off your fingers to show me you see it, show your loyalty. Uh, and he gets interrupted, says, give that kid a gun, a gun. I like his style. And it's, it's horrific. Mm-hmm. You just, it's like, Oh, this is my bad guy. Is it? And then, yeah, you see those kids again, you know, Chris Hemsworth, like using non-lethal force fights these kids off. And then at the end, after this massive shootout on the bridge, all these army being shot down and what have you, Chris Hemsworth walking away down the bridge and that kid out of nowhere teleports under the bridge and shoots him in the back as he's walking away. And it's just like, where he doesn't actually teleport. Sorry. I know I see, I saw Gaz <laughs> the kid doesn't actually teleport, but out of nowhere, the kid, the kid wasn't in that scene. Sorry, he was not Chris on that Hemsworth. bridge. Did you say Chris Hemsworth has a fight with a book with a group of children? Yes, that's actually, that's actually one of the best scenes in my opinion. <laughs> Basically, these kids—it's like this—the uh, drug dealer's acting kind of like a warlord, and he's got—he's like, recruiting them as child soldiers, essentially. But using non-lethal force, Chris Hemsworth fights these kids back. Um, these are the same kids that are being thrown to their deaths. You know, the survivors of that group. But this kid, the leader of this group, just out of nowhere gets through this military checkpoint and is just on the bridge. Just to shoot Chris Hemsworth, says Chris Hemsworth, as he's walking away after won the battle, and then run for no reason. And it was just like this again, just shoehorned in. They just thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool if it's that kid that he spared the life of earlier, who the drug dealer was going to kill? Oh, wouldn't it be great? And it's just ill thought out and ill prepared. And you know, it might be cool for a second, but the moment you think about it, and you've got to think, you can't tune out completely. It's ruined. I mean, Lovely. I won't say it's for no reason. I'll just quickly jump in before I go over to you, Gab, sorry. Like, at the start, Brucey, it's kind of one of them films where it shows you the end before it goes back to the start. Right. So it shows you Chris Hemsworth character gets shot and you think, oh, he's going to die. And then you get to the end and you get that scene and then he, he's still alive, you know, he's still walking and you're thinking, yeah, you know, he's still alive, great. And then, you know, bang, this kid shoots him and it turns out, actually he does die so it gives you hope and then just instantly takes it away again so i thought that was actually very good yeah Uh, firstly i'd like to say the rake maybe he's just got an overgrown zen garden (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna move past the rake issue we sometimes get bogged down on like the most minutest aspect of a film like the credits or something like that do you know what i mean like let's i'm happy let's all concede about the rake and just move past it gav so I, I will massively argue Dave's points about that Sam Har- Hargraves not being able to kind of handle the emotional sides of things. I thought he did incredibly well for somebody who's worked prolifically in stunt coordination before, and this being his first big film. I thought he did a really, he was quite adept at capturing the more poignant and emotional scenes. Uh, we mentioned before about Rake's death. You know, this was building up to it at the beginning. As Joel said, we saw that he was in a very vulnerable position where he had been shot. And then as, you know, Dave said, we were introduced to this uh, this kid and throughout the film we were shown like just that the scale of, of violence um here you know like, because there's chat there's child soldiers and um chris hemsworth is so rake is presented 
with like violence from children at loads of different stages and, and like when he's first presented with it he's like sorry sorry this is rake the character not not rake the, <laughs> 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 the man not the object right, yeah. uh, so when he's like during that first scene with the rake <laughs> right, he, uh, he turns around and there's a, there's a young boy there must be about like six years old seven years old uh, who's got a gun and tries to shoot him but you know it's it's run out of bullets and he just kind of says like he took the gun off him and he says just get out but then later on more and more children you know like and, and he's getting attacked with machetes and guns and I think he does an incredibly good job the director of beating, of that, up, like, of beating up these foreign kids you, know, you actually want him to beat up children you know? <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a boss scene as well because after he finishes beating them off he's like ah the fucking little shits or something I know, yeah. <laughs> but, but so after that um, this, this child that Dave mentioned before he goes to the drug lords and he says to him you know like I want to be the one that shoots the trigger. I, you know, I want to, I want to do it. Um, he embarrassed me, made me feel like a fool. Uh, and right at the very end, as Joel said, you know, we've got this really big emotional part. Uh, Rake has just essentially sacrificed himself so that uh, Ovi can uh, escape. Um, then he, he draws in all the fire from all corners, from the army, from the police. Uh, he basically like leaves a, a, a wake of bodies in, in his, uh, you know, in, in his trail. And, um, and we think that actually he's, he's overcome all the odds. He's killed everybody. And maybe there's the hope that he can escape. So he turns around to leave. And then just out of nowhere, he just gets shot in the neck. His entire neck explodes. He turns around. <laughs> and of, of all the people that could have killed him, it was that child. And, you know, and, and, and Dave's like throwing his arms up to say like, oh, I've just said all this, but in a bad way. But the thing is, is that like, I think that that was really well told in the fact that it could have been anybody. And this, you know, mercenary has shown compassion uh, for these children before. And like, this is what happens, you know, when, when, he's, when he's turned his back on them. <laughs> okay. Just, you know, this does sound like, seem like quite an action heavy film. And, you know, every, I think everyone's conceding the story. How, how long is this film? Is it? It's two hours long, man. That's two hours. Two hours. Two hours. Two hours. Uh, how does everyone feel about? How does everyone feel about the pacing? Like, how does it feel? Like, you know, is it is it spaced out, or is it is it like high energy all the time, like John Wick, or is it, you know, is it? Uh, it... I I'd say peaks and troughs. Yeah. I'd say you 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 don't go wanting for an action sequence. You know, there's plenty of them in there, um, and then you do get you know your moment to catch your breath and and just like. I'd say that's where you like get get to know your characters. That's where the plot develops. That's the problem. It doesn't. The action sequences are there. Then you're not lacking for them. You get what you what you're promised in that respect. Yeah. But um, it's the downtime, and the, there has to be downtime. But it's the downtime that isn't up to par. It's not good enough. And okay, that's cool. because the downtime is filled with the, the awful script. That's yeah. that's where you get treated to the the crap writing. Like the action sequences are fine. You know. You can sit there well, and enjoy action sequences all day long, but well, so, so like just predictable lines, like the dialogue's just not original, like you were saying before, like just not not much to it, like exactly new, cliched. Well, massively yeah. cliched, yeah. yeah. Feels like it's like um, te- yeah, comic book teenage boy um, storylines. That's that's essentially what it feels like. You know, that's that that vibe to it. It's, okay, cool. It's nothing. There's nothing special. It's just it's just a, a means to it to an end. You know, a means to the next action sequence. Yeah. Gav, you look like you agree with that. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I don't agree with that at all, to be honest. I think the characters are incredibly well written. Obviously, I think we'll go into a bit more detail about them later all on. All of the characters, yeah. Um, 
Well, I mean, yeah, the thing is, is that this film is I'm, essentially about three characters. And, I, seem to know, I seem to remember your in your introduction, we introduced uh, Dave as one of the characters there who was completely useless. <laughs> no, that was that was really me but it's <laughs> <laughs> the thing is is that you know the, the, this it's essentially about three characters obviously the support and cast do a, a tremendous job as well but it's it's about these three main characters but I, I wanted to talk about the action and you know both Ozzy and Dave agree that the action's good in it and I wouldn't say it was fine I'd say that it's incredibly um I, I, I don't know what you're doing there sorry we just get the blow of the phone. Sorry, man. Uh, no, ah, there we go. There we go. Okay, there we go. Good. okay yeah. Now, uh, right, this the stunt coordination is truly impressive. Uh, as you know, Joel mentioned before, you know uh, Sam Hargrave from all of his work with the MCU. Um, but you can tell he's got an experience and a background uh, that he brings to this. Every fight scene feels gritty and real. It's not like an '80s action hero mowing down the competition and remaining unscathed. Hemsworth is absolutely ruthless and aggressive he will fight with anything he can get his hands on it feels real it including feels children exciting, including a rake and you know <laughs> one of those garden rakes that everybody keeps in their flats um and because of hargrave's background he not only knows how to choreograph great fight sequences but he also knows how to film them as well um there's a whole lot of wide shots to play the scene out. Uh, Chris Hemsworth does all of his own stunts and Hargraves is showing that. Uh, there aren't many quick edits and cutaways during the action. In fact, the film features, which nobody's mentioned before, like a single take action sequence, which lasts 11 and a half minutes, which includes a car chase, a foot chase, a bit of parkour, a gunfight, knife fight, and lots of explosions. Like essentially it's, 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 um, several different takes but it's made to appear like it's one long continuous shot and it is really impressive i haven't seen like a, a, a sequence like that done so well in a, in a long time i'm thinking you know um uh old boy with that long continuous take where he's absolutely battering people with a hammer this was sort of in my eyes to the same level the same quality because the amount of stuff that they cram into that 11 and a half minutes is truly impressive and the thing is is that like the stunt and the camera work here is on point i watched the behind the scenes video which shows hargrave strapped to a car bonnet while filming it it creates this immersive experience for us as the audience and it shows the hard work and the effort on display from not only Hemsworth and the director, but also all of the actors and all the stunt workers as well. Cool. Right. Just, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm getting a lots of material here. My last points would just be about the performances of so the actors and, you know, is there anyone who'd like to jump in with how the performances go? Like what, you know, how many different characters are there? Are there, is it just mainly just the main two Aussie? Well, I mean, like Gav says, there's the main three, but I mean, I just wanted to talk about like Chris Hemsworth. I just feel like he wasn't given enough to really, really enjoy him in this. Like, you know, we, we've seen how well, how good he can be when he's given some humour to play with. Um, he becomes incredibly likable, you know, and and I think he he he's, I mean, he's not really that likable in this. You know, he's a he's a, he's a dour man. You, you, his 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 whole character seems to be a guy who's kid has died and he's got PTSD, you know, and you, you know that because the only thing he's able to do about it is tell you that he's got it, take drugs and, and get drunk. That's like, that's his character. And he's just dour. He's like dour and serious for the entire film. And that's just, it's just, he just doesn't get anything to work with on there. I mean, the, the kid actually, Ovi, I think does a great job. Um, he, he was, he's, he's a pretty, you know, pretty good, but you know, again, it's not given very much to work with. So, 
it's tough to it's tough to say when there's not there's the you know that that the the supporting character I can't remember um how how we decided to pronounce her name but uh, you know she's just got she's got like a bit part you know it's just almost everyone is a bit part to the action scenes so it's very hard to say whether somebody's doing a great job of acting when their acting is irrelevant in this okay wow so right <clears throat> so the acting's irrelevant to it joel what do you reckon what do you say to that um, I disagree. You know, I think it would be really easy to, you know, somebody like Chris Hemsworth, for example, to just be Thor in everything, you know, like a kind of a wisecracking, you know, smart guy. And he's just completely different in this. He shows like a completely different side to his acting, which, you know, I personally I, I haven't seen before. You know, I, I think he was excellent. You know, he showed like a really kind of gritty edge to him and uh, an emotional side as well. Uh, the kind of side characters, if you like. Uh, the character that uh, Ozzy's referring to, um, she is his handler, basically. Uh, so she kind of organizes the the jobs for him to take. Um, you know, he's like a mercenary. He gets his jobs from her, uh, basically. And um, she's not in it loads, but, you know, what she does do, I think, is perfectly adequate. Uh, there's a character called Ovi, who uh, is played by Rud Crash, I think it is. Um, but I, I thought he was great as well. Essentially, he is um, the kid. And, you know, I think he displays like a really kind of uh, really deep emotional range. He's he's like this this kid who's he's the son of a mobster. So, you know, he, he hasn't really been shown like the love of his family and that type of thing. And, you know, Chris Hemsworth meets him and he basically says, you know, you're treating me just exactly like my father treats me. Basically, it's like an object, you know, get me from point A to point B. And then by the end of it, he becomes really attached to uh, Tyler Chris Hemsworth's character. And, you know, he's really upset when he actually dies. Uh, so there's that kind of emotional connection there as well. And then one other uh, character which I really enjoyed was a, a character called Saju, who is... He's basically like an enforcer for um, this uh, kid's father. You know, he's like the the mobster's kind of primary hitman type of thing. And he, he, you think he's a bad guy and they have like loads of these fights, but then actually it turns out that he, he in the end, he works with Tyler to kind of rescue this kid. And he, he's got this kind of story arc of, you know, he sacrifices his, his own life in the end, basically to, to get the kid home, to get him across the bridge. Uh, and, you know, I, I think Ozzy's completely wrong. I think a lot of the characters all have good lines. I think they all have good uh, story arcs. You know, there are some of them, like the the main bad guy, for example, Dave mentioned about the kids tossing him over. You know, yeah, sure, you know, he's just kind of main bad guy tropes, if you like. Um, but, you know, in the end, the, the characters that get the most screen time are the ones that matter. And I think they all do uh, really, really well. Excellent, Dave. Uh, any rebuttal on that? Yeah, I think I'm. I'm more in Aussie's corner. You might be surprised to hear on this one. I don't think there's anything to work with with the characters here. I think they tried, but they borrowed. You know, they didn't think of anything fresh. They didn't think of anything new for these characters to do. They just borrowed it before. You know, it's. Um, when Gav was describing the end sequence with the uh, the bridge, you know, oh, and he sacrificed himself so the kid can escape, and he takes leaves all this carnage in his way. Because like up until Chris Hemsworth got shot in the neck, Gav was describing Man on Fire. You know, it's it's much the same thing, and it's like, and then at the end, he was you know, on a bridge. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure they, they, bridge, they, they, he? yeah, there's a bridge at the he end. I'm pretty the bridge, sure, but he doesn't 
shoot anybody on a bridge. <laughs> a, a grenade up somebody's bum underneath a bridge. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, yeah. Chris Hemsworth didn't do that in this film. They didn't borrow that one. But it's like the Nick Khan character that we were talking about before. That's Christopher Walken from Man on Fire, who gets Denzel work. She gets Chris Hemsworth work. And yeah, Chris Hemsworth is like Denzel Washington, just a burned out ex-mercenary looking for another job. Uh, you know, blames himself for what's gone on before, a bit of an alcoholic. And you know what? He takes on this job, saves a kid. He feels something, Alex. He feels mm. something for this kid. <laughs> he becomes a new man. Is there redemption in Denzel slash Chris Hemsworth? Is there, <laughs> is there redemption afoot for these two men who are almost identical in every way? I think there could be. And even at the end of the film... Um, you see uh, Ovi, he's jumping into a pool, you know, he's safe and what have you, and he get, he surfaces from the pool, and there's the silhouette almost, just in the, you can't quite make him out, but it's Chris Hemsworth stood at the side of the pool because he taught him how to swim. Oh, no, that's Man on Fire again, sorry. No. <laughs> he taught it, yeah, Denzel taught the college, uh, what, yeah, 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 I get it now. But no, he is still stood at the side of the pool as Ovi surfaces from it, so Chris Hemsworth arrives <laughs> at the end, and I don't know why the pool is relevant, but, you know, maybe it was a Man on Fire thing that they forgot about. <laughs> all right thank you very much thank you very much dave um i, I think I'll, i i got the the subtext to what you were saying there just <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think last points unless anyone else has got anything particularly they want to say to gav uh, uh, no, do you know what could you just give me the thing we want to say to gav <laughs> <laughs> i have so yeah, much, much i want to so say to gav, I wanna say to gav. Let, him, <laughs> let him speak wait, wait until we're off air people please <laughs> Uh, I, I, I like I'm, I'm what it's a bit similar to Man on Fire. There's so many fucking great films that are a bit similar to something else. You know, <laughs> I thought like, you were going to say to Man on Fire. Then Citizen <laughs> 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 Kane. <laughs> I will say that Extraction is the Citizen Kane of Man on Fire. Films. <laughs> uh, now. I, like I, all of the like, well, it's as I said before, three central characters that Joel has already gone into detail about. I think that they are really well written. The the like the character work and uh, the motive is there for all of them. Their character arcs are brilliant. Dave says that you know, like Hemsworth's character is a bit of a drinker at first, and you know, like he's uh, he's he's taken up a mercenary game because his child's died and he can't get over it. Well, you know, I'm, it's it still works. It's a good character, and the fact is, I, like what I think is really good about the direction and other points is that uh, Hargrave allows the relationship between those two characters to grow naturally. It's not like forced. It's not sort of like they like each other right away or like one of them says something and it's uh, like, you know, a bit of a funny joke and they say, oh, hey, I like you now, actually. It's over time. It builds. Um, and I think that Chris Hemsworth gives a fantastic performance, as Joel said. You know, we used to see him being a bit of a, a comedy or being a, a badass. But there's the scene where he explains uh, to Ovi about his character's, uh, sorry, his, his child's death. And the, you can see the the emotion on display it, you know it's really powerful stuff to be honest um and you know we mentioned about uh, Saju before the enforcer his character arc i think is really well done you know uh, originally um he's supposed to look after this child but then obviously the child is abducted by the drug lords he's told by the child's father you better rescue my child or i'm going to kill your child so we know that there's a motive for him to try and rescue the child he's depicted as sort of like the villain but we know that really deep down he's he's doing it because he wants to save his own family and then as it goes on you can see the struggles that he's facing um you know like morally like you know i, I really want to to rescue this child i i also don't want to get 
my child killed, but also I don't want to get myself killed as well. And then at the end, he ends up sacrificing himself on the bridge as well. You know, he creates a diversion so Ovi can escape. Uh, and, you know, bearing in mind, 15 minutes prior, we didn't like this guy. And now we're like willing him as an audience to survive. He's trying to take on everybody. He's getting shot in the legs. He's getting shot everywhere. And we're just like, oh, come on, you can make it, you can make it. And then ultimately he doesn't. But, you know, I think it's very powerful. Uh, way that the character is shown that you know we automatically have got an attachment to him whereas 15 minutes beforehand we didn't is it the kid who gets him as well is that kid just like a machine at the end just taking out <laughs> taking out main characters no, this, this, left this, right and center sniper there's a, a police chief who is under the thumb of the drug lord and he's miles away with a with a sniper rifle and he, he kills um uh, saju and uh the, anyway he's picked off later on by um uh, chris Hemsworth. Mates. But yeah, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll echo what Joel was saying about the young child actor who plays Ovi as well. I think for one of the first performances, this was brilliant. Uh, you know, I, I would be very surprised if we didn't see a lot more of this child in the future. Okay, thanks very much. I, I feel happy that I've got everything I need. Is there any, any desperate points that people want to make in the last little bit? Nope. Nope, fantastic. Uh, Joel, you got a quiz? Certainly have. And... Um... <laughs> You know, in honour of... I thought I'd lost everybody then. In honour <laughs> of... Um, I just thought it was a very good dramatic <laughs> In honour of Chris Hemsworth, I decided to make a quiz all about Chris's, so I've called this Chris Cross. And, um, so a, lo- a lot of it, unfortunately, well maybe fortunately for some, is Marvel-based, because obviously a lot of these Chris's have been involved in Marvel. So question one is going to be about Chris Hemsworth himself. Other than the four films and the Avengers films, what's the only other Marvel's for Marvel films Sorry, uh, that Chris Hemsworth was in? It, it was a, a little cameo role, as they often do. What? Well, I- uh, so he, what, obviously, he, he, he was in playing, the MCU, you mean? Yeah, yeah, he, he was playing Thor. Sorry, I should have mentioned that. Um, oh. I don't know. So, yeah. oh, uh, was it in Ant-Man? Doctor Strange? It was, it was Doctor Strange. Well done. Uh, so, one point to Gav. Okay, so Chris Pine, who works, obviously, with DC in Wonder Woman. Uh, but what 2008 film connects him to, to Marvel? Um... 2018 film, sorry. Oh, 2018? Yeah. Connecting to Marvel. Uh, was he in, like, Venom or something like that? Uh, I'll give you a clue. It's It was Ozzy's pick of the year for 2019. <laughs> oh, Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> into the Spider-Verse, yeah. He, he was Peter Parker, the one that died. Oh. Um, so, question three. Um, what is Chris Evans' character called in Knives Out? He's got a really distinct name. Oh, I don't oh. know. Something right, something knife. <laughs> <laughs> Can it, nobody knife. remember? Is it something nope. like Rex? I've not seen it. Uh, he's called Ransom. Oh, oh it's, it's a boss film, Dave. You'd love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to watch it. Uh, okay, so question four. What short-lived but loved TV show from 2006 did Chris Pratt get one of his first big breaks in? Oh, Parks and Recreation. Right. Yeah. No, no, 2006. Oh. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> I wish. It was the, nobody. No. Yeah. It's got, it, you know, it got a really big following specifically because of one like really emo character. I'm really emo character. 
Dara. 2006. 2006. 2006. No idea. Uh, it was the OC. <laughs> was he in that? Oh. Yeah, he was, he was in it for a good nine or ten episodes. It was the <laughs> character that everyone loved. Uh, Seth. Seth. Oh, right. Yeah. Our friends Phil Kinney kind of based himself on, on him yeah. for, for a long while. <laughs> for, for a good 18 months, he was basically <laughs> just like talking to Seth without the script. <laughs> okay, so next oh, question. Shit, listen to that. Sorry, Kinney. <laughs> I guarantee that he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> so some of these are pretty tough. I'm sorry. What Marvel film did Chris O'Dowd have a small part in? Oh, shit. Um, it's um, one of the shit ones, I'll tell you that. Uh, Thor 2 Thor 2 is right well done uh, okay How... never watched that is it, is it worth watching just to get through it it's okay it's okay it's yeah, worth it's watch. pretty average nothing re- in fact yeah I suppose it is relevant to the story um, okay so Chris O'Donnell uh, in between in between playing Robin in his Batman films played uh well, sorry, was in Vertical Limit. But who played his sister, Annie, in that film? Oh, Jolie Richardson. Nope. The only other thing that I can remember her in, like, because I saw it on TV recently, is Prison Break. Mm, did I? Oh, jeez. Dave struggling is... Yeah, I know her name, but I can't think of it. I'm just it's... thinking, is it Scott Glenn who plays the old guy in it? <laughs> <laughs> that's where my, my mind's gone it, it's Robin it is Scott Glenn. 20 ah, no. it, and it is Scott Glenn by the way you know. thanks man uh, so how many American films have <laughs> featured Chris Klein which is uh, Ostriker for, for those of you who don't know who? Ostriker Chris oh. Klein how many American Pie films is he in? yep uh, two uh, four three Three, Aussie. One. One. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's three. Uh, <laughs> so Dave wins that one. By default. Uh, okay, so Christopher Eccleston starred as Major Henry West in which post-apocalyptic action film? 28 Days Later. Well done. Oh, I yeah. I don't want to get that. Uh, Christopher Reeve played, last played, sorry, Superman uh, in Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. What year was it released? 1973. Nine. Fair bit later than that. 87. Superman, Superman 4, Aussie. Oh. Uh, 87. 92. 1990. 1995. 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Dave? 1990. Okay. Uh, Gav, you got it bang on. It's 87. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay. And the last question. Christopher Walken played Hatchet in which film? Oh, uh, fucking hell. Here's another clue. It was one of a massive, massive movie star's first um, f- first ever Deer, films. Deer Hunter? No. Think of like the biggest film star in the world, probably right now, who's male. Oh, yes. He, yeah, I was trying to think of like what film was... I, I know this. Welcome to the Jungle or The Rundown. Yeah, welcome to the jungle. Star <laughs> uh, in the rock jungle. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there you go. I think Gav, you pretty much walked that one, but it was quite hard, I'm afraid. It was. It was. It was. It was more of a Dave quiz that one, Joel. But well done. <laughs> I, I liked it, Joel. Joel. I thought it was a good quiz. <laughs> I liked it as well, probably because I won it. But I also. Liked it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, 
It's been a very interesting one. Uh, I have been going back and forth the entire time. I was pretty, my mind was made up about six times doing this. I think I've came to a choice, but uh, I remember after doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, just two, <laughs> two of you lied to me just outright. So uh, I'm, I've been skittish ever since. Uh, I was going to use I, a Turtles reference, but I didn't want to bring it up. Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> don't need to, man. It still hurts. It still hurts. Uh, um, I am convinced of a few things. This sounds action heavy, but it sounds like the action is really interesting and good. Like, I, I, I don't think the action's cliche. It sounds like there's some really good bits, and there's some bits that I just can't wait to watch. To be honest, like the hand, to, I like the idea of being loads of hand-to-hand combat. Uh, and I always think in an action film like this, it's good to have a new style, which sort of keeps you going and keeps you interested. I think, I think the the prosecution at one point were talking about how he hit someone with a rake and his name is Rake, and that was honestly <laughs> such a massive point in favour of the film for me. <laughs> like, 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 just like I was like, great, can't wait. You know, the fact that he has a fight scene with children and then one of them murders it. Do you know what I mean? That just sounds hilarious, and uh, I really, really can't can't look, especially in also the single take for the action. Um, that sounds really interesting. So there's, there's lots that make me want to watch the film. Um, the things that make me worry a bit, though, is well, it just sounds. And I think everyone agrees that, that there isn't like a, a big, huge original story to this. And you know, it, a lot of what everyone was talking about, it just seems like it's pretty cliche. You know, the idea of getting this kid and you know out of a out of a terrible war zone. You know, that that's pretty pretty much done. You know, out of existence. And it, you know, a lot of all the bits and bobs and the emotional sides of things. You know, it did sound like there were good performances, but at the end of the day, it feels a bit like you're looking at emotions that you've already seen a hundred or thousands of times before. Um, And I think that stuff's free in a film. I don't see why they haven't done that emotional side maybe a little bit better. It sounds like maybe because the director's a stuntman, uh, that hasn't been as big of a focus for it. And, you know, for that reason, I am actually going to put it on the shit list to be honest, oh, which I wasn't, didn't think I was going to do, but it just, it just sounds like with that much action and with such little story, that isn't a house of cards that's going to stand up. It just feels like it might possibly crumple on itself, but I am aware that possibly two people have just been lying to me the entire time. So what happened? What, what, have I made the right choice? <laughs> I don't think so. I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good film. You know, I was quite uh, pleasantly surprised. I think Netflix, you know, to be fair, puts out a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I thought it was great. You know, I think it's definitely flawed. It's not like a 10 out of 10 film. Um, but four, I, w- I was really, really, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. You know, I think if you like, if, you know, I know for a fact you like Tobson and Shaw, you know, oh. I actually rate this above that. Um, you know, I enjoyed it, so yeah. Sorry, Joel. I also thought it was pretty decent, to be honest. I think exactly what Joel said. I've been fooled so many times with Netflix, where you put a film on, like a Netflix original action film, and it's a bit shit. And this was actually pretty decent. You know, as we said before, it's not wholly original. You know, like the script isn't the greatest, but what is refreshing and unique about it is the action. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it was a really good first attempt by Sam Hargrave. And I feel excited to think about, you know, the, the potential that he has and what films he might make in the future. You know, if, if this was his first attempt in the action and it was so like a fresh refreshing and, and good, it'd be amazing to think like what he can do in the future. If he had like a load of money behind him. So you'd put it on the hit list as well. Um, I think just about, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Uh, okay. 
Dave? Um, I didn't like it as much as Gavin Joel is saying. It, it was okay. It was all right. It, I don't think it would have been out of place on either list, to be honest with you. It's... The story's terrible. The story is just recycled, completely unoriginal. There is no originality here whatsoever. And I think Joe Russo is better than that. You know, it's disappointing. I think, you know, this is better than the average Netflix film, but only because of the involvement of the Russo brothers and Chris Hemsworth and the money that that generates. You know, there's a lot that this had going for it, mostly in the bank account. Um, I thought the performances were actually okay. Um, I didn't think they were too bad. Chris Hemsworth is a very good actor, and he he does make a compelling uh, protagonist. If only the character that he'd been playing had been a bit better, had been a bit more original, giving him something more to play with. I thought David Harbour was quite good. I thought Randeep Huda, who played Saju, was fantastic. Apparently, he's huge in the Hindi film industry. Uh, I don't think he's done that many uh, Western films before, English language films. He was, imp- I was impressed with him. He was very good. And I do think Sam Anderson actually did a very good job for a directorial debut. And he's not done much outside of Marvel, you know, as a stunt coordinator. He did a very good job. And I do think he got something out of his cast, but it's just the fact that they had nothing. The cast had nothing to work with in the way of a script or dialogue. And he had nothing to give them back for that. Um, Yeah. I just think this could have been good. His action sequences were superb. And I hope he's got a long career as an action director, but um, I expected better from Joe Russo when it came to a script. Okay, poor Joe Russo. And go on, Ozzy. I, I, I think I liked it a little bit less than Dave. Um, I agree that it's. <laughs> I agree that it's better than the average Netflix original, but that's only because there's films like Eli and they're really dragging the average. <laughs> um, hey man, hey man, come on, that fire! <laughs> Fuck me, that was. Not... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. There was just. I, I think you might like this depending on the mood you are when you click play. Um, okay. it, it, Probably be drunk. So, it, so I'll, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's. You, you in exactly on your complex film. Yeah, you could you could watch this and just enjoy the action scenes, but then you know it's wanton violence throughout. You know this, it's all it's all a little bit over the top, which is what you want in an action film. But like it, it, the guy's gone there; he's being hired by a criminal to save his kid from a criminal. And not one of the actual goodies, you know, like the the army are against him. The police are against him. Like everyone in Bangladesh is against him. You know, it's just, it's just like the guy, he's blowing shit up. You know, he's blowing a bridge up for for Christ's sake. It's just, (laughs) it's so over the top, you know, that it it doesn't matter about the collateral damage. He's getting paid however much he's getting paid to get this kid. And then he tells the kid he's not doing it for the money. He's doing it to, because you like my own kid, you know. Just like blowing yeah. Whereas if I'd have watched this in a slightly different mood, I might have thought it was great. Yeah, but, I, I see what Ozzy means. There was a touch of you know the entire country's against him anyway, so trash the country. No one, yeah, yeah. no one's gonna care. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a touch of that. I, 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 there's a point that I forgot to mention, but um, what I thought was good is like the mix of uh, Hindi, Bengali, and English as well. Yeah, that, I think yeah, the like, language is good. So actually, many yeah. times in action films, especially ones for you know like a, a blockbuster hollywood audience or whatever they'll just kind of just do it all in english and yeah, you know okay. it, it, it have a the sort of like the commitment to creating a genuine aesthetic i think you know like uh, when there's two characters who speak hindi alone together they'll speak hindi they don't speak yeah, english yeah. you know Good. and uh, it, it just felt it felt better and um, it felt more real um anyway uh right uh, well done guys um higher or lower than our previous film on child which was the rock which scored 66 percent on rotten tomatoes are we doing well? I'm gonna 
I'm gonna. It's just out, so I'm gonna say lower. Um, it's all, it's just out, it's, so I'm gonna say yeah. higher. Yeah, sorry, higher, man. Yeah, they always do quite well at straight out of the gate. Joel and Aussie. I uh, I know. I think I know, and I think it's been swayed massively by something which is completely irrelevant to the film. So I'm gonna say lower, but only because Ooh. I think I know. Okay, uh, Joel. Right. I'll go with Aussie. Then I say lower. Uh, well, Aussie is right. It is lower. Only just those sixty-four percent. So what swayed it, Aussie? So it's been it's been dragged massively down. If you go on the reviews, there is just hundreds and hundreds of one-star reviews by uh, by angry Bangladeshi film star uh, film lovers, um, or, or people. Maybe there's been something in the news about it, and they feel that because it wasn't actually filmed in Bangladesh. Oh, yeah. Um, and and then they think that they've been betrayed badly uh, because it's and it depicts Bangladesh so as being blown film. up. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If, if I was Bangladeshi, I would not be happy with yeah. that portrayal of Bangladesh at all. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it's like, so, yeah, uh, so there's just hundreds of one-star reviews. Mm. Yeah, it's like what 51st State did for Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's blame 51st State. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, think, I think it's a bit like what Mad Max did for the future. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, I once again I put up a poll on Twitter over the weekend, ask our friends and followers which list Extraction, I forgot the name of the film then, <laughs> Extraction should be placed on. 71% of our listeners decided that it should be placed on the hit list. So mm, uh, not too far off um, the the uh, Rotten Tomato score. Anyway, uh, before we adjourn the case, it's time for a little caption contest. So what I do is to take a screenshot of the film, put it on Twitter, ask our friends and followers to provide a funny caption with the best one winning a frog-shaped chocolatey treat. <laughs> Uh, which I will send out once lockdown is over, by the way. Um, <laughs> so the picture that I've got this time is Chris Hemsworth, Tyler Rake, uh, sort of, he's got both of his hands pressed up against Sarju's face uh, and he looks quite furious. So you guys just got to see what the best caption is. Starting with number one. Glenn, the failed ventriloquist, never got the hang of how to properly use his dummy. <laughs> Number two, what do you mean Thor Ragnarok is overrated? <laughs> uh, similar one next. Take back what you said about Thor. Uh, stay still. I wrapped the pill in cheese. You like cheese? <laughs> uh, next one. Get thee gone, Satan. Uh, next one is have you heard the thing about your hands being bigger than your face here try it uh, let me love you damn it um, where is your mask and the last one my mind to your mind my thoughts to your thoughts <laughs> I like that last one just just, just. <laughs> go with the last one I go with the last one as well I, I really the like the pill the the, I really like the pill wrapped in cheese just because it's like I've, I've tried to do that with the dog many a time trying to get her to take <laughs> worm and tablets wrapped in cheese <laughs> um, well congratulations to uh, Brain on Facts podcast you've just won yourself a flippity freddo Okay, uh, so the next film has been picked out of the hat at random, and it is the 80s cult classic, Roadhouse. Was it at random? It was at random. Was that just out at random? It was out at random. I picked three films out of the hat and said, which one should we do next? And you said Roadhouse. (laughs) Isn't that the film where you're doing the quiz, you're doing the photo, and... (laughs) We're all on defence for it as well. Is that the random film we've we've found ourselves on? (laughs) Listen, look at the draw... I happen to be defending it and oh, also yeah. doing a quiz, you know, and <laughs> it just so happens that I'm a big Patrick Swayze fan. Okay, right. But it is 
all coincidence, Alex. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the, the rest of the roles have been picked out of hand, uh, at random. And joining me in defense is Dave. Uh, and in prosecution is Alex and Joel, which means that Austin, I imagine you haven't seen Roadhouse and you'll nope. be playing the judge. No idea what it is. <laughs> uh, it's a very literal film it's essentially just about a house on a road plays <laughs> 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 the house <laughs> about that guy on the M62 who lives in between <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, thank you to everybody who's listened to this episode if you like the episode please remember to like share and subscribe and why not leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts just spread the warm love that his films on trial in as many years as possible follow us on instagram facebook youtube and whatever twitter at film trials or films on trial and that's it extraction is a shit and we're going to be in your ears and up in your face with roadhouse next week goodbye everybody goodbye everybody